What's up, Hayden? What's up, Jonah? What's going on, Hayden? How's it going, Kellen? How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Right on. Let's go. Fantastic. Sick. Dude, Jonah, I love the little logos you put on there. That's pretty dope. Oh, thank you. You're going to be a, you're a freaking uh, spreadsheet wizard, dude. Yeah, it's been fun to organize our predictions. I'm excited to look. I've never really like kept track of my predictions too. Also, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these turn out for us. Yes, sir. So this is a new squad we got here. We've never had this quattro like four guys on the same guys at the same time. So yeah. So Jonah, we're gonna be doing NBA awards for 2021 season. Yeah. Yep. We're on the eve of the first night of preseason NBA basketball and we finished our team predictions. So I thought what better way to keep this theme going than with the individual awards. And so we're going to be going through the six major awards that the NBA hands out each season and making our picks on who's going to win them. Let's go. Wait, but first of all, I want to say something. Hayden. Yeah. I need to ask you straight up right now. How do you and Anders drop so many freaking points in Madden, dude? Kellen, it's it's just about being good at the game. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't understand. You can run four verts all day and I can run prevent and you still destroy me. <laughs> it, it's a lot it's a lot of practice and just absolutely abusing the CPU. Have you ever like um competed like in the tournaments? No. Uh Brody and I we uh we got up to the top one percent a couple Maddens ago in mud squads. So really, yeah. So you basically cool. shout, shout out to Brody Joe Anderson. <laughs> so you're basically like TD Barrett, dude. Ba- basically, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, I just had to get that out of the way there because Hayden somehow can drop like a hundred points in like the blink of an eye in Madden. I just don't understand how that's physically possible. <laughs> but yeah, sick. So Jonah, should we start from like the, what, what category did you want to start with? I guess we might as well just start with the big kahuna. So the MVP. Really? And you want to start with MVP? Do you, do you think that would be a little bit uh, anticlimactic? Do you think we better save that to the end? Let's start with coach. Coach of the year. Okay. Yeah. That's a good boring one to lead us off. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Who wants to start it off? Does Hayden want to give us his future coach of the oh, year? You, you, want, you want me to give you my coach of the year? Let's go. <laughs> I think I think this is a lock for coach of the year. <laughs> okay. I think two-time NBA MB, MVP Steve oh, is going to win Nash. coach of the year. Who? Steve Nash. Oh, wow. He's going to lead the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Top seed in the Eastern Conference. Wow. Okay. He's a well-known name by the media. Okay. And and he is going to be the coach of the year. Interesting. I like it. I'm digging that pick, dude. It's going to be, dude, if everybody stays healthy on that team, they're going to be fire. It, it, it's going to be a good team. It's going to be a high-seeded team. And Nash is going to get all the coverage. And, and he's going to win coach of the year. <laughs> I like it. And even if they get Harden, bro, oh, add that in there. He doesn't even have over. to coach. He can it's pick over. a day. Are you, are you concerned be- with? Are you concerned with like the chemistry issues with Kyrie? I I don't think so. I I don't think so. I think I think people overstate the chemistry issues with Kyrie. Like really? 
I, I, I truly, I think, I think in Boston, it was, it was a little, it was a little upsetting only because Jason Tatum was there and like, they wanted to get him and Hayward looks, but like, it's just going to be him and Durant and you have that bench unit. And I think Steve Nash, him being a coach with, uh, I want to say they have Jason Kidd on the, on the staff too. Like, I, I just think those, those coaches and those mentors will be able to guide Kyrie. I, I, I think he's a lock for coach of the year. Yeah. And just to jump off of what Wesley was saying about being a bit of a tough guy to work with, I actually think that is sort of true. Cause I mean, practices have only been going on for less than a week and we've already seen Kyrie get fined for not talking to the media. So he's, <laughs> He's definitely not an easy guy to keep in line. But just to, like, I guess, spoil my pick, I also took Steve Nash to win Coach of the Year. And I actually think that Kyrie sort of being difficult is going to be something that helps him because usually for Coach of the Year, we see two roads on how to win that award. And one of those routes is to sort of defy expectations and lead a, like, mediocrely talented team to the playoffs or like Nick Nurse did last year, overcome a lot of injuries to be a top two seed in the East, or coaches that are able to succeed in difficult situations, I often think get recognized as well. So like an example of that from last year would be like Frank Vogel, who um, oftentimes coaches struggle, like having LeBron as their star player. We've seen that like David Blatt, um, uh, Luke Walton, just, it's not an easy gig and um, Vogel pulled that off. I think that's going to help out Steve Nash because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both very mercurial superstars. Like they're kind of moody. It's difficult to get them to sort of buy in to the system. And I think Steve Nash is sort of in that kind of Steve Kerr mold of just a very emotionally intelligent guy. And I think he'll do a great job of managing egos, managing that locker room. And I think he will, like Hayden was saying, lead the Nets to a top two seed in the Eastern Conference this year. He better, bro. Jesus, when you got Katie and Kyrie, I mean, God, you got Karis LeVert up in there too, man. Dinwiddie. Oh, oh yeah, wow. for sure. Are you gonna are you gonna do give Channon's like honorary? Are you gonna speak for him? Did he or did he not give him to you yet? Uh, he hasn't given to me the. He hasn't given oh, any predictions. Probably yet, gonna be Terry Stotts anyway. Yeah. It doesn't even. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll fill him in when he does, and then right. we'll update on the next podcast. Sounds good. I'm just gonna, should I just get mine out of the way? It's probably yeah. not going to be a shocker to anybody. I think Steve Kerr is going to lead the worst basketball team last year back to a two or at least two seed, maybe even a one seed in the West, dude. He's going to lead him back, Steve Kerr. He's going to get another coach of the year award. I don't know. That death lineup with Ubre, Draymond, Wiseman, um, Steph, and then we got like Pascal coming off the bench. It's going to be filthy. All and right, then, Wesley, who do you think is going to win? just wants to move right on. Who do you think is going to win Steve of the year? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so for my pick, I'm, I kind of have a surprise pick. I think the the Sixers have a comeback season. I think Doc Rivers unlocks the the ceiling potential mm. of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and I think the Sixers have their best season, and they get a top two uh, seed in the East. A top two seed, wow! Yeah, yeah, that's bold. 
Yeah, I'm very high on the acquisition of Seth Curry on the team. Yeah. I think he'll really help space the floor for Ben Simmons. Yeah, I really liked what they did this year too. I mean, obviously, Wesley hasn't been on the last few times, so he hasn't been able to talk about these teams with us. But I really enjoyed how instead of like everybody was telling them like Simmons and Embiid would never work, you have to like try something different. And instead, they built a roster that I think really does a great job of accentuating those two players' strengths. And I actually think I really like what they did with the team. So I could I could totally see Doc Rivers like leading them to a surprise season and getting this award. Yes, sir, dude. Dude, MIP. This is going to be interesting. I can't wait to hear what people have to say for this one, bro. Who wants to? You just want to go again, Hayden? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I think most improved player, and and the media is going to get behind him, okay? Because it's also <laughs> a comeback story. I think Markel Fultz. Okay, is yeah. Be player, I think he's going to be averaging twenty plus. I want to say he only averaged 12 or 13 this, this last year. And, and, and most improved, a lot of it is points per game. So I think unless some bench player just kind of comes out of nowhere, like Devontae Graham or Bam um, for most improved, I think Markel Fultz, I, I think Orlando is going to explode with him next, next season with him becoming kind of more of a centerpiece of the offense. I, 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 think, I think he's got a really good shot at it. I like that pick. Yeah, Marco Fultz. Yeah, it, it would be really cool to see him because he has not really done much. I really want to see him succeed because he's just had a very tough start. But mm-hmm. I think I see a lot of potential in him as well. Yeah, facts. I I like the pick because I do think that Fultz like is going to improve, and I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit in terms of just additions he could make to his game and stuff that could get better. Like. The shooting is always going to be a question mark, but I think finishing at the basket, like for such an athletic guy, just getting a little bit of explosiveness. And I want to say he got COVID before the bubble started. So I don't think he was in the best conditioning just going into those games. And it definitely showed like he definitely struggled, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like the situation he's put in this year. Like last year you had DJ Augustine as sort of the fallback and Fultz could play next to him. And so yeah. Fultz could concentrate on the areas he was good at. And if the offense ever like fell into the mud, um, then that was something DJ Augustine could take care of. But Fultz is just kind of getting thrown to the wolves. Like if he doesn't work out, it's him or Cole Anthony, or I guess Michael Carter Williams, but I don't think anybody wants to see that happen. So it, I just don't know if Fultz has the skill set to be like the guy, like running a good NBA offense. And I think if the magic offense struggles, which is, something I expect. I just, I would have a hard time seeing him get this award, but I, I do think that just in terms of like the talent getting better and just like honing in his skills, I do think that he's a guy we could see update, upgrade his game quite a bit this season. I, I think if he, if he averages 20 points a game, it'll be an empty 20 points a game. I mean, the magic yeah. might go on to win 15, 20 games. And, and <laughs> yeah. I, and I think Fultz will just rack up points. <laughs> And blowout losses. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's the reasoning. Yeah. Right. Behind the yeah, big Hey Jonah. Yeah. How did how did you hook it up so all his stats come up? Oh, V lookups, baby. Huh? V lookup. Hey. It's an it's an Excel thing. Oh but, really? Yeah. Oh. Did you like hook up a link to it or something and it 
No, you just have to make a table with like all the stats and stuff. And then you can here, um, you can do like a, give me a tutorial. V look up into I'll, I'll tell How'd you, you learn this. Did you take a class? Yeah. Business. Nice. Nice. All right. So for my most improved player, I went with OG Ananobi of the mm. Toronto Raptors. And this is a guy who I've already said before. I think he's criminally underrated. I think OG is already a very good NBA player. But I think everybody knows he's one of, if not the best wing defenders in the league. I think what you got to look up at in terms of improvement this year is the offensive end. And he was just last year, he was an analytics darling. And I think that almost might have worked against him because he shot 91% of his attempts either from beyond the three-point arc primarily in the corners or right at the basket like I think he took between one and two three-pointers a game and I think 75% of those were from the corner and he cashed in at 40% so he can shoot and I think he'll definitely increase the attempts this year which I think is going to be huge in increasing his points per game. Like um, like Hayden said, this is often, well, all of these pretty much are often points-based awards. And I think we'll see Ananobi get up into the mid-teens. I think he'll keep the efficiency going. Um, Nick Nurse has said he envisions Ananobi putting the ball on the floor a lot more this year, which I think is definitely something um, that he's capable of and something he actually improved quite a bit last season. He went from being a straight line drive guy who he was either going straight to the basket and finishing and getting fouled or drawing a charge or turning it over. Like he didn't really, he was much more a um, like make a decision go instead of a read and react driver, which is something he worked on and it showed throughout the season. And I just think having the game slow down to for him and having that extra skill and that extra sort of awareness when he does put the ball on the floor is going to open up so many more avenues in terms of offensive game. Like nurse said, we might see him shoot a few more mid rangers this year and he's got good touch. So I definitely think that's something he's capable of. And along with his elite defensive skill set and the efficiency he's already showcased on offense and his athleticism, which allows him to power up around the rim. I think he's going to have a big season, not to mention with the absence of, Abaka and Gasol when they were playing the Celtics we saw him go to lineups where Ananobi guarded the center and granted he allowed Tice to get some pretty easy buckets and it didn't always look the best but I think that's something he'll have a chance to improve on this year and I think he will so I'm going OG Ananobi for most improved he played a nice amount of games last year last year yeah yeah I wish the Blazers drafted him (laughs) yeah same it might be hard for him to get points on that Raptors team, though. Because, I yeah. mean, between Lowry, Van Fleet, and uh, Siakam, that's, mm-hmm. like, he he's going to have to cement him, himself as, like, the third or second option. And I, I feel like that might be a little difficult. Yeah, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it would be difficult for him to, like, work himself – up to the top of the pecking order there but I do think he can be he's not going to be ever be a high usage guy like I think his usage will always probably hover around 15 percent but I just think he's going to do um such a better job sort of making the most out of those opportunities I guess I mean he was already efficient last year but I just think 
on the touches he does get, he's going to be more aggressive and he's going to have a larger suite of offensive skills to work with. And so, yeah. And, and so I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be like the lead initiator or even the uh, secondary or tertiary um, initiator on this Raptors team, but I think he's really going to thrive in the role, which he does have. Yes, sir. Should I go? Yeah, go for it, Colin. All right. Can you just? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say other guys, but can you just humor me and put in Jordan Poole's numbers there? Because I just okay. want to see what his three point percent percentage was in his field goal. Percentage. Everybody, close your eyes. <laughs> oh, the carnage! Oh my! Look at that field goal percentage, dude. Yeah, it's pretty. You don't have to do much to improve on. No. <laughs> He literally oh my god that's completely okay but for my, my for my legit one because i was gonna say jordan Poole, but i don't think so i'm gonna go with uh i wrote down john wall and jamal murray but i'll just go with jamal murray because i feel like it's a pretty popular pick considering like what he did in the bubble mm-hmm. and if i'm remembering correctly maybe one of you guys can correct me on this i'm pretty sure they said the bubble wouldn't count towards the awards this year so like for example bull bulls still eligible for like rookie of the year. So, Oh, I mean, even, even if Murray, like, even if that technically doesn't count towards the awards, I just feel like the performance he had in the bubble, like as an anchor for the uh, voters, I mean, you can't just like censor that from your mind. So I feel like if anything, um, how well he played in the bubble will affect their initial perception of him a little bit but i do think i do think there's room for improvement even more over the course of the season so Callum, go ahead sorry to uh, interrupt you but go ahead and tell us why you picked jamal oh i just think jamal's a stud and when i watched him in the bubble it didn't seem like he could miss a shot yeah you know <laughs> and i liked him when he was at uh, kentucky right yeah yeah he's good there um obviously but yeah i don't know he his floaters are nasty and his like mid-range game and it's like i don't know he just make some odd shots and you can take over a game, which is pretty sweet. He's going to need to average like high twenties to get the award. I think. Yeah, like, probably. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. going to need a lot of points. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause when you think about where his baseline was at the end of this year, what um, did he average points per game last yeah, year? 19 points per game. Oh, okay. So, so he's almost. Yeah. So I mean, he yeah he would have to be fringe. Well, he would have to be a solid All Star. He'd have to make the All Star game. I was gonna say he'd have to be fringe All NBA, but making All NBA as a guard is so tough. I don't know if I want to hold him to that standard. But yeah, he he definitely needs to be a he needs to be All Star for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, for my pick, I'm going with uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> nice. Uh, <cool>. Yeah. <laughs> So basically when I look at the Thunder's offseason, like they lost uh, Chris Paul, they lost Gallo, they lost Steven Adams. So they lost a lot of key contributors, uh, Dennis Schroeder too. So I think they're basically handing the keys of the franchise to Shea and he's going to run the show. And I think he's going to average like about 22 points, seven assists, five rebounds. I think he's just going to be insane this year. And he's just going to, he's going to easily get the award, I think. Yeah, and this is something we talked about when we did our Western Conference previews. Like, the cupboard's not exactly bare in Oklahoma City. Like, people have been talking like, oh, OKC sucks. Like, they're tanking for Cade Cunningham, which they they certainly are. And that's certainly the direction the franchise is heading. But they actually have some tools on this team and some players on this team 
who I think can be conducive to playing good basketball this year, especially when I look at a player like Shea Gilgis Alexander. I actually think Al Horford would be a very nice pick and roll partner to Shea and will accent his strength almost. I want to say I like that pairing even better than a Shea Stephen Adams pick and roll. And they have Trevor Ariza, they have George Hill, they've got some floor spacers. And so I, I do think that Shea, like even though the perception of this Thunder team hasn't been all that positive. I do think there are some, the personnel is set up in a way where Shay is put in a position to succeed. Yeah. I also think Darius Baisley is also in for a big year. I think. Yeah. He's actually another guy that people are like sort of sneakily talking about for this award. Cause he showed some big strides during the bubble. So yeah, that's a great point too. What about, I was just, when I was looking up some candidates, like Marvin Bagley was coming up. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's a good option too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If I just saw him. If he can stay healthy, I think he would have to really improve. But I think he's definitely he's there. I think he could. Yeah, yeah and if I the Kings no go back to playing how they were under. Oh, I'm never going to be able. Was it Dave Yeager? And they ran a lot, and they got out in transition. I think, I think that would be. Um, like I think that would. Bagley a lot better than the offense they ran last year. Channon picked a guy who I really like for this award, and that's Derek White. So mm. another guy to sort of be on the lookout for, along with his backcourt mate. I think DeJounte Murray could be a sleeper for this as well. Yeah. Poor Channon. He can't be here. Sad day. And Chan- I don't know if you guys saw me fill this in. But Shannon is on the Steve Nash bandwagon as well <laughs> for Coach of the Year. There's a good shot. It could be a Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot Steve Nash. Steve Nash is, is savage, dude. Yeah. Are sixth. there any... What was that? No, I was just going to say six man of the year. Six Modi. Yeah. Any last thoughts about most improved or are you guys ready to move along? Oh, I, I was going to say, I think on the Thunder, somebody mm-hmm. more likely to win it than Shea might be Lou Dort. Oh, baby. Oh, he had an insane bubble. That's my favorite player in the league. <laughs> and, and like, I, I think he is going to have a really good shot at mm-hmm. increasing all of his things, <laughs> all, of, all of his stats across the board, and he's good at defense. I, 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 think, I think he's a sleeper pick for me. Nice. Yeah. That boy's a tank, dude. Savagery. Okay. Hayden, do you just want to keep going off on that and sure. give us your six Modi? Sure, sure. Okay, so if I knew what the depth chart was for sure, I would say Seth Curry on the Sixers because I think he's going to be putting up insane numbers. But I'm, I'm almost positive that by the start of the season, he's going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to pick him for six man. But my six man right now is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Wow. Right now, they have him playing behind uh, Lavert and Irving. And as long as Kyrie stays healthy, Dinwiddie's going to be the backup. And I think he's going to be posting a lot of points, a lot of stats. He's going to be leading that second unit on the Nets. And I think the Nets are going to be a good team. I, I, I think he's got it all together to win six men. And, and that's all as long as Kyrie Irving stays healthy and is a normal point guard. Dinwiddie comes in as, as the true six man. And, and, I, and I think he's going to run away with it. There you yeah. go. I think one of the things Hayden 
hit like he hit the nail right on the head with this pick is that this is often um six man of the year is like code word for leading score off the bench in the NBA. And Dinwiddie <laughs> is a guy who likes to go out and for sure get some shots up. I mean, you see it right here. He scored 21 points. And I mean, in theory, he was Kyrie's backup. But I want to say he ended up starting quite a few games for him. He's, I, he's, he started 49 games last year, I uh, think. Yeah. Like, it, it, it was quite a few. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that was because Kyrie was hurt for yeah. the majority of the year. So my, my hope is that Kyrie is healthy 100%, and Dinwiddie is then the backup for the majority of it. I, I know it, in, some, in some scenarios, six-man goes to a person that started half of the year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I still think Dinwiddie's a really solid pick for it. Yeah. And I think another, like, hallmark of six-man of the year winners, which I think Dinwiddie might not match up to this criteria quite as well, is I think six-man of the year tend to, like, finish games as well. So, like, we saw that with Schroeder. And then, obviously, Derek Rose was a prime contender last year who finished games. And then the year before, Lou Williams. And so I just think Dinwiddie's going to have a hard time finding his way onto the floor in sort of those high leverage moments. Uh, Cause like you were saying, like Levert, Kyrie, um, like even Kevin Durant, obviously they don't play the same position, but both guys who like to have the ball in their hands and kind of go to work that way. So sort of overlapping skill sets, if not overlapping positions, but I do think like the scoring off the bench is just going to be like such a big asset to Dinwiddie that I, he, he's for sure going to be in these conversations. So I, I think that's a great pick. Yes, sir. Jonah, who you got? So I went with somebody in a similar vein to Spencer Dinwiddie, sort of that off the bench shooter scoring guy on ball oftentimes. And I think the hype for this player has gotten a little bit out of control but I still think he's going to have a tremendous season, be a lot better than last year even. And that is Tyler Hero, who we saw playing big minutes, closing games in the NBA Finals for the Miami Heat. This is obviously a guy that he franchise likes quite a bit and have quite a bit invested in him. I mean, I don't think any of us believe the rumors that they wouldn't trade him for James Harden. But just the fact that they can say that and have it be a semi-credible threat I think speaks to how much they believe in hero. And I think that belief will translate into an even bigger role on the team this season. Like you look at Kendrick Nunn. I mean, obviously Tyler hero is better than none. You look at Dragic. Dragic was amazing in the bubble last year and so fun to watch. And he was really their second best player for large swaths of time. But I think he's kind of aging out and Tyler hero is aging in as sort of the off the bench creator for that team and so yeah just the combination of being in that closing lineup Tyler is a guy who takes a lot of big shots late in games and he gets to play with the ball in his hands like he really did start to develop that pick and roll chemistry with Bam Adebayo and I think that's really what's going to unlock Tyler's role as even a higher usage player and not just as and not just like a shooting like spacing threat I think if he really works on that pick and roll game and sort of his decision-making that will allow him to be a more well-rounded offensive creator. I think that's really going to be what allows him to increase his role in Miami and like just expand on his game in an overall sense. Nice. 
Dude, yeah. What's his is his is his um three point percentage? Is that just straight up forty? Uh yeah. Yeah. Damn. I should I should have made these all percentages, but yeah. Nice. That's sick. Yeah, he's a dead eye, bro. You wanna hear mine? Keeping it yeah. with the theme of staying in the West. Let's go with none other than Gary Trent Jr. Okay. Yes, wow. sir. Bang bang. Bang bang. So sick. I don't know why. I I mean I obviously didn't watch a ton of basketball because I didn't want to because the Warriors were absolute trash. But um, when I was watching Gary Trent, he was just kind of – he's just a guy you want to root for. And he plays hard defense, and he can also score the basketball. He's just sick. He's just a perfect compliment, I feel like, for CJ and Dame. He's just another guy kind of like them. And so, yeah. But he honestly – I mean, he probably – like when it go when in terms of like six man, do you, he'll play a lot though, right? You know I, what I mean, I would, six men usually have yeah some minutes I would restrictions. Hope, I would I would hope so. I mean, yeah, I, I hope so. I really hope so. What's the I, requirement? I, like he just says wouldn't be in the starting five, I guess. Yeah, the only requirement is that you can't start more than half of your team's games. Oh, okay. I mean, I I'm with you. I really hope he plays. It's hard to tell with Terry sometimes. Like me, I'm I bet rodney and mellow i mean they're all the blazers are just crazy deep this year so i think that would be my main concern with gary is just is he gonna get enough minutes to sort of build up the statistical profile for this award but yeah i don't think there are very few people who would question like his talent at this point i mean right wesley do you want to kind of talk about what you think his role is going to be on this blazer team yeah, I see Gary's role as just I think he's gonna get twenty about twenty five points a game. Oh. I think he'll definitely he'll 25? definitely I mean I think he'll play more than Mello, I think. Yeah. So and and also he's gonna be in a contract year, so that could be very yeah. motivating for him. Yeah, and you heard like all the rumors or not the rumors. I mean he just flat out said that he's not gonna sign the extension, he's gonna hit free agency next year. And so that does kind of make me want to think that he expects he can build off his performance from last year. Like that's like declining an extension is just um, like a flat out sign that you're betting on yourself. And he wouldn't be betting on himself if he didn't think he'd have the minutes and the role to sort Mm -hmm. of show everybody what he can do. So Wesley, you think he's going to be averaging 25 points a game. So I assume I can ride in Gary. Trent. No, 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 no. I said 25 minutes. Oh, 25 minutes. I thought you said 25 oh, points a game. I'm like, oh. what is like CJ and Damien oh. get guy? Like, holy <laughs> moly. Did I say points or minutes? <laughs> Swear to God, I, you said points. Oh, I was like, damn son. It's a big oh. boost up. He could get most improved and six man the same yeah. time yeah. has that ever oh, yeah. happened jonah oh i have no idea i mean i think it would, i mean it makes sense i bet it has yeah so wesley who, who do you have all right so for my pick i'm going with uh terry rogier uh nice and i think um i i'm just counting on the fact that uh they're gonna start Devonte graham and Lamelo mm-hmm. ball in the backcourt so i think Terry Rozier, he's just a proven scorer, and I think he's really going to put up the stats in big minutes too. So I project like around 17, 16 points a game, and I think I, he's, he's my pick. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. He's going to get a lot of shots, and yeah. yeah. I think people sleep on Terry Rozier. Like they see the contract and automatically just like 
I, I think it's overblown like how bad that contract is because he is an elite shooter. He was 40, was he 40% last year? Yeah, he was 40%. And I think that increased to like 48 or 49% or just something unreal off of catch and shoot threes. And you imagine with Lamella, with Devontae Graham, with Gordon Hayward, like his diet of shots is going to be a lot easier. Like he probably will be shooting more of those catch and shoot threes, which play right into his hand. And he's got a little off the dribble juice. So I, I do think Terry Rozier is an excellent prediction for this award. I just, I just kind of worry that maybe, maybe people aren't watching the Hornets. Maybe, like, maybe yeah. they don't want to pick up a guy on Charlotte. But yeah, he like Terry Rozier. I think, I think he'll have the stats to match anybody else on this list. And Channon is going to side with me and pick Tyler Hira for this award. Nice. What about like Duncan? Uh, he's a starter. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn. Miami has my Eric Spolster kind of is a little weird because he starts Myers Leonard too and, <laughs> and Kendrick Nunn. Like he brings a lot of his best players off the bench, which is funny. But I mean, you can't. I mean, he made the finals, so yeah. Sick. Yeah. All right, Depoy, baby. Let's go, Hayden. Who you got, Depoy, my guy? Okay, for Defensive Player of the Year, he started to gain some traction last year on it. And I think the bubble really helped him out in this push. I think Anthony Davis is going to win defensive player of the year. Um, I, I really like people like Gobert defensively. I'm a big Gobert fan. Um, and I think his, his defense for the Jazz is underrated for what he brings. But I don't think the voters will go back to him as a defensive player of the year. Um, so, and, I, and I think everything is pointing towards Anthony Davis getting it. I think the finals run was great, even though LeBron got the finals MVP. And I think, I think Anthony Davis uh, will be heading that Lakers team. And I think his defense will be a huge part of it. I like it. That's, that's who I had as well, but I'll say a different guy just to switch things up a little bit. But Jonah, who do you got? So I actually, I have Anthony Davis as well. He, he was like heavily in contention for this award last year, as Hayden was saying, just a great shot blocker, probably was the best help side defender in the NBA last year. I think he, what were his steals numbers? Yeah. He averaged one and a half steals a game, which is just ridiculous for a player like Anthony Davis. I think what ended up hurting him the most was as like a seven footer, as this big, like as this like big, um, rim protecting presence his like shot percentage at the rim allowed and his defensive rebounding percentage were not what you would think they would be and a lot of that had to do with Dwight Howard being there and simply like Dwight Howard was kind of taking away a lot of like the responsibilities and a lot of like the low-hanging fruit that you would typically associate with a seven-footer who wins defensive player of the year and Dwight Howard's not there and instead of Dwight Howard is a defensive center who's or a center who's quite possibly one of the worst defensive centers in the NBA and Montrez Harrell. And as much as I've sort of critiqued the Lakers on that signing, and I think it's a terrible signing in terms of Anthony Davis um, improving his defensive statistics, at least in the counting categories, I think it's actually going to help him out. Now that the Lakers defense, I don't think it's going to be better because LeBron was insanely locked in last year. 
having Howard and McGee in the paint just was such like, it was just so hard to score on the inside with them. And I don't think that'll be the case with Hera. I mean, it'll still be hard. It's Anthony Davis, but yeah, I just, I just think having a defensive role that's more conducive to putting up these stats will be helpful. A guy who I thought about as well is Bam Adebayo and yeah. Bam Adebayo. I just think he kind of suffers like Anthony Davis does from not having like the typical big man stats, like not allowing like a crazy per- field goal percentage at the rim, like not being in the mid forties and that Bam's never going to be that guy. Um, like the defense that Bam excels out is like the switchable, like um, versatile defense that really is more important for 16 games in the springtime than it is um, during the regular season. So I just don't really think he's this like archetype of defender, even though he is an elite defensive player in his own right. But I'm going to be going with Anthony Davis. And Kellen, do you want to go with Anthony Davis too now? I don't want to go with Anthony Davis. I'm going to switch mine up a little bit. I'm going to go with a guy that was basically a coach last year. And I feel like he has been... Yes, let's go. 2016-17 deep boy of the year, my guy. Let's get it. Draymond Green's getting his boys back. I think he can focus on defensive side of the ball a little bit more. Let's go. Draymond Green, sleeper pick. Put your money on it right now, dude. (laughs) That's not a sleeper pick. He's in a coma. He's got COVID. All right. No, dude, Draymond Green, let's go. He's still got juice in the tank. All right. Don't sleep on Draymond. Okay. All right, so I also I also had Anthony Davis. I think. Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he he just passes the eye test when it comes to being just a force in the paint, and he's just every time like a guard drives in, I always think like, oh, AD's just gonna get that. I think, and also he just on analytically, I think he's always a beast, and yeah, I just I think he's easily gonna win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he can get second. I I think to touch on a Bam for Defensive Player of the Year, I think he reminds me a lot of Prime Draymond Green for those <laughs> Warrior teams. More mm-hmm. of a more of a team defender. I mean, he's still good one on one. Like he's still elite, yeah. but the the majority of his game comes from that team defense. And I don't think we're gonna get another Defensive Player of the Year that is heavily team a team defender mm-hmm. unless it's on one of those all-time teams that mm-hmm. wins 67 plus games and i just don't see the heat doing that like you know? like last year like Giannis is sort of that mold as well like more of a team defender but like you were saying like the bucks were so good and had one of the best defenses of the decade so people yeah. can let that slide yeah and channon went with a player who i'm not going to respond to this too much because Shannon's not here to defend himself, but Shannon went with Jimmy Butler, which wow seems a little bit out there, but I'm sure he has his reasons. <laughs> I think I think if any guard or like kind of wing is going to win it, I think it'd be like Ben Simmons. I'd pick yeah. Ben Simmons as like a perimeter player to to win it all. I yeah, I actually thought about Ben Simmons. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> Ben Simmons was my number two behind Anthony Davis. Yeah, he was my number three behind AD and Adebayo. And then I had Gobert, like you were saying, and then I actually had OG Ananobi, even though I think he has no chance of winning it. But <laughs> I think he's a very impactful defender. Hey, Pat Bev got a vote last year. Anything can happen. True. <laughs> True. 
All right, this is the one I struggled with the most, Rookie of the Year. What are you talking um, about? It's pretty clear cut. And... <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Hayden, Hayden, who's, who's your roadie? Kellen, I, have, I think I know who you're going to pick. Um, I'm going to pick the Camilla? actual winner. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Obi Toppin Ooh. of the New York Knicks. Yep. Let's go. It, it's a lock. It's a lock. Wow. Okay. LaMelo, here's the thing. LaMelo, he has way too much hype around him. Okay. If he wins it, it's just a rig. It, it's mm-hmm. a rigged vote from the beginning. Okay. The media is pushing him too much. I think Obi's taking the reins of the Knicks. He's going to bump Julius Randle to a third string power forward. Okay. He's going to be scoring 18 plus. Okay. I, I, I think he's got it. I, I love it. Got it. And we, we, I've, I've talked about Obi Toffin a lot on this Not show. Not in a positive manner and, either. And mostly in a negative context. But I actually do think he could put up like some good numbers. And I do think this Knicks team is just so shooting deprived and so spacing deprived that I think Obi Toffin is going to be a very important piece of their rotation, especially considering like he can move the ball in transition as well, which I think is another weakness of this group. So I think Obi is going to have some skills that the Knicks are going to like make use of. And I do think he's going to, he's going to probably average like, 12 points, four rebounds on this team, maybe a little, like eight, eight to 12 points, like four rebounds. And I, I don't know, such a weak rookie class. Maybe that is enough. So I, I don't think that's a crazy pick at all. And then Jonah Tyrell Terry. Oh, I wish, but no. <laughs> um, so the guy I um, went with, this is sort of, I guess, a catch 22 and paradox oxymoron, whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure for my guy. If he wins this award, I think that means the season went off the rails for the team he's on. And I fully expect that to be the case. I don't think this player's team is going to be very good. And that is Anthony Edwards. Mm. Cause Anthony Edwards is a guy we saw at Georgia. who was not scared to put a shot up, even if it's a terrible shot. And to be sure, the shots he took at Georgia were not high quality whatsoever. And I actually think that's going to help him in the NBA, as funny as it sounds, because like most of these players are like getting ready to take a much more difficult diet of shots. Like what we saw with Obi Toppin, just to use him as an example, because that's what Hayden said. He spent all of his season last year posting up on like six, five kids from like St. Bonaventure and Duke. <laughs> so like, it's going to be a bit of a learning curve or LaMelo ball. For example, I've talked a lot about how I think he's going to have a bit of a learning curve as he learns to operate within uh, NBA offense, where he has to be a more refined playmaker and go less off feel and more off like his knowledge of reading an NBA defense. And I think, um, and, or Anthony Edwards, just due to this play style that he uses so often, which is just using his physical tools and um, the very few off the dribble moves he possesses, just using those things to create baskets in isolation. I actually think that will kind of um, like shorten the learning curve for him in a sense, because I think the shot diet he's going to take in the NBA 
is going to be not too different from the shot diet he took in college. And I don't think he'll hesitate to shoot those. Like my only concern for Anthony Edwards is just that he's going to be so bad. The Timberwolves bench him, but I just have a very hard time seeing them do that with a number one overall pick. Like you don't like, you don't put this much equity into a kid by drafting him with the number one overall pick and then bench him later in the year. Like I just don't see that happening. Another thing I think he has going in his favor is that, I think the Timberwolves starting three is going to be him along with D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. D'Angelo Russell is obviously the head of the snake. He's going to be getting a very, like, he's going to be getting a good defender put on him every night. Probably the best perimeter defender on the opposing team. Malik Beasley, not as much off the ball juice as D'Angelo Russell. Again, a guy who likes to shoot quite a bit. But Malik is probably the one guy on the team who you don't want to leave alone off the ball. Because he's probably the quickest well, maybe not quicker than Edwards, but he probably has the best combination of quickness and shooting out of those three players. And so I think teams will put a good defender on Beasley. I think Anthony Edwards might be getting the softest matchup, and I think he'll be able to take advantage of that. I don't think his efficiency is going to be good. I don't think he's going to be a great NBA player, but I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year this year. I'm, I'm totally with you, where if he wins Rookie of the Year, the Timberwolves are going to suck. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, I think that's completely fair. Yeah. Well, hey, and you, you also got to remember they have Rubio now, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. The thing that, yeah, that's crowded backcourt for sure. The thing that scares me is I don't know who Anthony Edwards is going to guard on defense. Like, no pun intended, he's going to be getting thrown to the wolves right away because, like, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, both are pretty miserable defenders. And Anthony Edwards was awful in his own right at Georgia, but at least he has the physical tools to sort of compete with an NBA-sized wing with actual athleticism. So I do think he's going to be picking up some, like, difficult defensive assignments in his early days. And I I don't know how much that's going to help or hurt his case for Rookie of the Year just because, like, I don't know. I don't think defense is the first thing that the voters look at for this award, but – um, just something to kind of be aware of and keep track of more in relation to the success of this Timberwolves team than anything. Yeah. You want to hear mine? Um, is it a player who's so good that he doesn't even need to play in the preseason? Uh, yes. Are you talking about Nico Mannion? And another one. <laughs> James. Yeah. Boy Wiseman. Most. Yes. He's the most NBA ready player in the draft that came out of the draft. I actually, that actually might, that might be true. I said something, right? Yeah. Let's go. I mean, NBA knowledge slightly getting better, you know? There just aren't very many players who are like seven foot two, seven foot nine with like a nine six standing reach. I'm pretty sure those are his measurements. Like players who have that physical profile, like they just don't really fail in the NBA. Like, at the very least, he's going to be like an adequate rim runner, shot blocking type with low IQ. So at the worst, he's going to be Hassan Whiteside. And then I think once you start, like once he starts improving his skill and improving his feel and just sort of like getting used to the NBA game, I think that's where like the high end upside obviously lies. But I, I do think like you are able to say like he's going to be able to play right away. I mean, as long as he doesn't foul out, which is like a possibility too. But I think that's a fair pick. Is um because I saw that article. So is like, is it just a preference that Draymond just doesn't want to play preseason? No, I'm pretty sure he had COVID too. Oh, he yeah, did. 
Yeah, I think Wiseman and Green both had. Oh yeah. shoot, I didn't know that. Both had it. That's trash. Did Wiseman get it recently? Like, I mean, yeah, he must have gotten it recently if he's going to sit out. But Dray- luckily, Draymond's a guy who's well known for his conditioning, so I'm I'm sure he's going to be able to fight through this setback just fine. I want Draymond to put a little bit of weight back on, bro. Skinny Draymond that's, hasn't been. As that's good. the opposite of what needs to happen. <laughs> All right, Wesley. So, um, so for my pick, I also went with Obi Toppin. Um, I was a big fan of his offensive game, and I think uh, his offense is very polished and very NBA ready. And I think in New York with RJ Barrett and um, Mitchell Robinson, I think there's going to be a lot of lob opportunities for Obi and Mitchell. So I think uh, I just think he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's going to thrive in that big market, and I think. Once he starts really doing well, that New York uh, media hype will really raise him up, and I think he'll run away with Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's a good pick. And Channon was the only one amongst us who was brave enough to take the plunge and select Lamella Law. So there you go. We've got we've got. Um, I think we've got a good shot that there's ball. a Rookie of the Year in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now the big boy. Yep, the MVP. I'm interested to see. I hope there's not a lot of overlap here. I feel it's been kind of sick though. I feel like besides defensive player of the year, it's been pretty different. Yeah. It's been fun working through these players too. I mean, this is probably the toughest NBA season to predict in any sort of fashion. Like whether you're predicting yeah. team records or awards, like this season is just gonna be so wild that it's really anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Hayden. Okay. So this one's really <laughs> tough for me because yeah, there, I bet it is. It, it's a, uh, it's hard to pick between who I want to win it and realistically who I think is going to win it. All of these picks have been who I think is going to, who I think is going to win with the media and everything. And there's a, there's a huge drive around Luca right now for MVP. But I think in the West, it's going to be really hard for the Mavericks to get a top seed, especially with Chris Stops missing the start of the season. And uh, I think Powell's still out for, uh, for the majority of the season. I, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So that's why I'm going with a player in the opposite conference who I think is going to lead his team to a top two seed along with the Brooklyn Nets. So take with that what you will. Jason Tatum is making the leap to superstar. I, he is going to win the MVP. Okay. It, I, I, think, I think it's a great narrative. Kemba is missing the start of the season. So I, I, think, I, think, I think Tatum is going to explode there. And, and we know after the All-Star break that Tatum's going to make another leap, just like he's done for the past two, two seasons. And he's going to go on a stretch of two weeks where he's just on fire. He's probably going to hit a couple buzzer beaters. Okay. He has a great cast around him. Okay. Now, now from this, you can see that the bucks are the three seed. That's for, that's for another time though. No, I I think Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is the, is is the MVP. That's my pick. I think he's making a huge leap with with Hayward gone, Kyrie gone, that, that, that whole team of a couple years ago, it's, it's all him. Now he has the reins. Especially with Kemba out. Dude, I love that pick, dude. 
Nice work, Caden. Thank you. I love Jason Tatum. He's awesome. So is is the Bucks for you? Is that mostly just a depth thing this year? I okay. So I think it's a depth depth thing. Brooke Lopez got a year older. Yeah. Okay. With a year older, year slower. And I honestly think that they're gonna miss Bledsoe in the regular season. Now, don't get me wrong, Drew Holiday, I'd, I'd rather have in the playoffs, but I think they're gonna miss Bledsoe in the regular season. I think it's def- definitely a depth thing. I also, I'm also predicting, is a little bit off off topic of the awards that Giannis is gonna want not go as hard in the regular season as he normally oh, does. Mainly because he's been upset with the front office. I mean, they didn't get a who was it from the Kings? Why yeah, can't I think of this? Yeah, they they didn't get they didn't get him. He he's just he's gonna he might rest a little bit more. I think Lopez being a year older hurts them, and and, and I think I just think the Nets and Celtics. I, I the Bucks have focused so heavily on the regular season the past couple of years, and look where it's got them. You know. True. Not saying that the reason they've lost in the playoffs is because they've been exhausted, but I think <laughs> I think they're not going to be as regular season centered as as they have been. But that that's for another time. So, what are the big improvements to Jason Tatum's game that you see him making this year? I I see him improving his points per game a whole lot, mm-hmm. and, and and I and I think a lot of it is going to be those eye popping games. Just mm-hmm. like was it last year when he broke Paul George and then hit yeah. the shot? He, yeah. I know he hit a couple buzzer beaters last year, and I th- and I think he's going to be just that young player that the media gets behind. Mm-hmm. And I think on top of that, unlike Luca, who who I so desperately want to win the MVP, I think Tatum's going to have the top seed. And out of the last thirty MVPs, all of them have been a one or a two seed, aside from Russell Westbrook's MVP season. But I mean that—that's such an outlier. You know, he scored a triple double, first mm-hmm. time in you know forever. Okay, I and I think Tatum will get that top seed in the Eastern Conference, and I think that'll be part of it. I also think he makes a, a leap defensively to be really a strong, strong contender for all defensive team, um, and, and and I think he's going to have a great case for first team All NBA too. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. Wow, that's interesting that you say those things. We should have had you on for the Eastern Conference because I actually think the Celtics are a team that might struggle a little bit this year. But, I mean, yeah, if Jason Tatum, if he gets that points per game up to 29, up to 30 points a game, that probably means that he's turning into a lead creator. I think the passing has got to be the big thing for Tatum that needs to improve because obviously that was sort of – that's the one part of his offensive game that I still think he's probably working on. And especially with Kimba, Kimba's going to be out to start this year. And also it, I think they know for sure at this point, it's just sort of like that degenerative, like knee condition he has. I mean, I I don't know if we'll ever see like full Kimba back again. So it's just going to be like such a different role Tatum needs to play. I mean, I I think he can improve from three assists. Like, like I think that's an insanely low number for him. Yeah. And we're just going to see bumps in all of his stats. Yeah, he'll for sure. He'll just improve those raw assists per game numbers just by nature. He's going to run so many more pick and rolls than he did last year. He's going to bring the ball up the court and he's going to be that lead guy on offense all the time. But yeah, I mean, totally. If he, yeah, if the self, if the Celtics like are as good as you think they're going to be, which I mean, I wouldn't foreclose on that possibility, but if the Celtics are that good, it's because Jason Tatum is 
most likely playing at an MVP level. So, or because Jalen Brown is an all NBA player, which is another guy who could definitely step up, but that's a good pick. I, I like going a little bit off. I like going off the map a little bit for Jason Tatum. Yeah. And I, he, he is a, like, he is a charismatic guy too, that like the media gets behind. So I do, I do think if we see like Tatum start playing well, I do think there's going to be like a movement for him. So I don't think, I don't think that's like out of the question at all. Um, was I, was I going second normally? On the yeah. other ones? Okay, cool. So this was a tough pick for me to make. And I think this was kind of a hard one to think about too, because just the backdrop of this award is kind of the reality that Giannis has been the best player for the last two seasons. And he's going to be the best player again this season. Like it wasn't even close last year. Like he had, I mean, technically according to John Hollinger and PER, which take that for what you were, for what it would like, take it with a grain of salt, but he had the most efficient season of any player in NBA history. And he was like one of five players to win the MVP and defense player of the year. Like just excels in all areas. But after leaving a bad taste in everybody's mouth two years in a row in the playoffs, I do think that there's going to be a very real case of voter fatigue going on around um, the NBA landscape, which I do think is going to hurt Giannis a ton. So the other two guys, other three guys that I really highlighted for this award are Luka Doncic, who, um, I mean, he's out of this group of players who I listed, probably the second best, in my opinion. I think Giannis is the only player who's better than him. I just think that Luca, like we talked about this with the Mavericks, and I'd be curious to hear what Hayden has to say about this, but I think the offense around him isn't as good. And like the Mavericks absolutely did the right thing in prioritizing defense this season. But I just, I mean, after, after he set the record for most efficient offense in league history last year, I think he's going to be taking, I mean, the Mavericks in general are just there. I don't think they're going to be that team anymore. Um, and I think missing his starting front court is going to be something that hurts Luke as well. I mean, I should have brought this up. I think Maxi Kleber is a legitimate candidate for six man of the year, but, um, love, love Maxi. Love yeah. Maxi. So the final two guys I landed on were Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis. And then Damian is just going to have an insane year. Like he could easily lead the NBA in scoring. Having Nurk back is just going to be a huge stress reliever for him as well as having competent defensive play because he was guarding like freaking Jason Tatum and Paul George. And he was just way over his head on the defensive end. And I think not having that burden is going to be something that allows him to play way better. And then Anthony Davis, I mean, obviously I talked about him for defensive player of the year, all that stuff. Like he's a stud, but the guy I think is going to get it is not the guy who I'm going to pick. Cause I'm going to pick the guy who I think should be the MVP. The guy I think is going to get it is Damian Lillard because I think the Blazers are going to be a big story this year. I think they're going to have their best season of the Damian Lillard era. I mean, this team is just so stacked around him and Dame he's 30, but he's probably take taken the two, if not biggest, he's taken the two most important leaps in terms of improvement in his career over the past two seasons. So he's still getting better and he's putting in a ton of work this off season, expanding the range. Like, I don't know about shooting from half court. Like I believe he'll try it and I believe he'll be effective, but I don't know how much that'll in the long run actually imp- improves things for him. But I mean, the guy I'm going to pick is Giannis just for all the reasons I said, like he's the best player in basketball. Like he's putting up numbers that we haven't seen since prime Shaq. And even then like Giannis is in some cases, Giannis and Ted are even better. So I spelled that wrong. And Ted, 
Antetokounmpo. But while I figure out how to <laughs> spell Giannis Antetokounmpo, Callan, do you want to give your pick? Yeah. So I was going to go Dame time, but also here, I'm going to go former warrior Kevin Durant, dude. I think Kevin Durant can win the MVP. He could be wow. on potentially the best team in basketball this upcoming season. So I'm going to go KD. Yes, sir. Got to be loyal. You oh, know? And Kevin Durant didn't play last year, which is why his stats are not popping up. But um, yeah, but that's still, okay. a, still a good pick, though. I mean, yeah. KD. Yeah. Um, coming back from the Achilles injury, too. I mean, he's got such a good shot and such a high release point that I don't think the lack, I mean, I don't think like the small drop off or in athleticism is going to like be debilitating to him too much in that sense. But as in terms of the ISO score, do you see that changing at all? I don't know, bro. He can shoot over anybody he wants to guy. Yeah. I mean, getting, <laughs> to, getting to the rim was a big thing for him though. And I mean, I don't know if Jonah, uh, don't ask me these follow-up questions, man. I'm just going to give you my answer. And that's, uh, that, I mean, yeah, that's a good pick. That's just going to be pick. it, man. Cause <laughs> Jonah, Kevin Durant was on my short list for MVP. I think he'll have an easy time getting to the rim because of the okay. net spacing. Yeah. So, so even though I think he'll lose a step athletic wise, I think the net spacing with Levert and Dinwiddie, Irving, oh, Joe Harris. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I think it'll be really wide open for him. So we won't need to be as athletic. Hayden. Yeah. Um, Hayden. What? How many points is KD going to average this year, dude? I think I think he's only going to average around 25. Okay. What's I, Dame? I Dame? Yeah. I Dame, Dame should average 28, 29 plus. Okay. And, and yeah, I... I to, to add on to that, I wouldn't even be surprised if Durant hit like 23 or 24. Okay. Because he's playing limited minutes. Facts. I think that the um the Nets are going to be a gauntlet in the playoffs. It's going to be crazy. I think uh, Durant also has the luxury of um, taking some back-to-backs off. So, yeah. I don't know. Because they're a very loaded team. Like you got Dinwiddie, Lovert, Joe Harris. They got a bunch of wings. They got... Damari Carroll and everyone. So I think that might take him out of the running, but I could definitely see him winning. Yeah. Cause I mean, we saw like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both had like insane seasons and like neither of them were even near in an MVP ballot last year. So I do think that load management is like, even though it doesn't seem to affect all NBA voting and all-star voting, it is, I think a factor for MVP. So that would be something to think about for Durant. But I mean, with such a shortened season, maybe we see more people take off back-to-backs. And so maybe that levels the playing field to an extent. But yeah, it is a worthwhile concern. All right. So for me, I had uh, five candidates. So when it comes to Giannis, like I think he already won two years in a row. So I think there's going to be voters fatigue for him, uh, even though I still think he's going to have an amazing season. Uh, and then there's Le- LeBron and AD, both two amazing players. But I think since they're on the same team, I think that's going to cancel them out. So I just think also the fact that they're probably going to take some nights off here and there because they just had uh, the season a few months ago. 
And then um, when it comes to Luka Doncic, I just don't think the Mavs will finish high enough in the standings for him to to get much votes. And also the loss of Chris Stapps for the first month of the season, that's going to hurt too. Mm-hmm. And that, that just, that all comes down to Damian Lillard. And I think the Blazers uh, gave him the best team he's ever had this season. Um, gave him Robert Covington, probably the best wing he's played with since Batum, a healthy Nurkic, a um, bunch of great pieces in like Derek Jones Jr., Enos Cantor, Harry Giles. I think this is just going to be the year that the Blazers finally put it all together. And I hope they don't have any injuries. Is that concerns. a title prediction? I get it. I'm getting from Wesley. Um, I, I think, wow. I think Western conference finals, at, at least that's my, that's my prediction. Interesting. Yeah. But I think just, I think we're going to, if we can get the two seed, I think, the media will also rally around Dame, so I think he's my pick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. I mean, like I said, he was like it was neck and neck with him and Giannis, and Shannon picked Dame as well. So there's <laughs> there's definitely some there's definitely some um, Dame fans on this sheet. So yes, yeah. sir, dude. Don't count out Steph. Remember him? He's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think right usually on. making the playoffs is a prerequisite for MVP, but oh, <gasps> ouch, stinger! That hurts a little bit, Jonah. Don't do that. Hey, we're gonna make the playoffs. I, I picked up win fifty-five games, man. Sure, and I mean, like <laughs> the, with the playing tournament this year, that changes the whole landscape. So, yeah, right Tenth on. Seed, here we come. <laughs> yes, sir, dude. Wait, Hayden. Would you, what's your main sport? Do you, cause it seems like, you know, a crap ton about basketball. Are you just kind of well-versed in everything? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty well-versed in all sports. I don't know a lot about like soccer or hockey. I mean, I, I know a little bit. You don't know about like, soccer. Come on, Hayden. What are you doing, I, dude? Come I follow, on, man. I follow a lot of football, a lot of basketball. Um, bas- I watch more basketball just cause it's on for a lot of the year. And I'm yeah. usually playing football when football season's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love basketball. Um, I like baseball enough too. I mainly right. just follow the Giants. Um, You're a San Francisco Giants fan? Bay Area, baby. What? Yeah. Hayden, why haven't you ever like tried to say something? Because all I talked about during uh, freaking like during baseball season was just. Mikey Stremsky, Alex Dickerson, dude, Mauricio Dubon. I just did like Giants post games all the time. Kellen, I would always be liking your posts under the, under the Giants and 49ers. Let's it was great. Oh, dude. I would always like your comments. Oh my gosh, that's freaking fire, man. Oh my gosh, that's sick. We're gonna win the we're going to the playoffs this coming year, dude. We extended Dickerson. Let's go. Let's freaking oh, and we signed we re-signed Gosman. Yeah. Stop it. I just we just gotta keep. Yaz. If Yaz leaves, I'm going to be very upset. That's freaking sweet. But yeah, dude, I liked how there was a lot of different names. There wasn't a ton of overlap because this season can go a lot of different ways, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we I, we need to think of an excuse to talk about the Mavericks so we can have so we can have Hayden back on for that because I think they're going to be an interesting team. And what, Yeah. What's your prediction for the Mavs, Hayden? What's my prediction? Yeah, like record-wise. Well, okay, okay. 
when when Chris Tops is healthy, when they when we have Chris Tops and Dwight Powell, okay, and we have our full team, I think we are easily a top two team in the West. Mm-hmm. Okay. The issue is I don't think we're gonna have Chris Tops for a long stretch of the season mm-hmm. because I think even once he gets back, they're gonna rest him a whole lot. So I think we're probably gonna be middling middle of the pack in the West, which is why I didn't pick Luca for MVP. Just because I don't, I don't think he'll have a high enough uh, team record. Uh, but but I think in the playoffs, I I am picking them for the title as long as something just absolutely doesn't go horribly wrong. They they are my uh, pick to get out of the West, and and I I predict that they will win the finals. But right I mean that, that's a little bit of bias. I don't I'm have as much yeah. bias as you do towards the Warriors. I think uh, I'm noticing the theme here, though. Yeah, all of our yeah, favorite wait. teams are protecting to get out of the West. <laughs> wait, can I can I make a point before? Um, because um, Caden just brought up something that I thought was very interesting. So, Colin, you've got the Warriors going. <laughs> Look at they're at the one seed. <laughs> yeah, you've got the Warriors going fifty-five and seventeen. <laughs> what does that have them uh, on pace for, Jonah? A sixty? What? How many wins? Oh, during the regular season. Yeah. Um. Let's Is it 62 see. or something? Uh, yeah, 63 and 19. So yeah. you have them on pace for a 63 win season. And yet somehow, and like, I think in order for that to happen, like amongst a number of other things, like Stephen Curry has to win MVP. Like if Stephen Curry's not winning MVP, how are they? Like is Juan Toscano Anderson just having a big year? <laughs> no. You know who's going to be having a big year? Yeah. Draymond Green. Like, I think in order for the no, Warriors... Andrew Wiggins, dude. What are you talking I, about? I think in order for the Warriors to have to hit that... Um, They're going to have to have a player in each of these categories winning it in order to go go there. Yeah, I think I, I think <laughs> Steph, Steph's going to have to win MVP for that to happen. I mean... Yeah, hey, I'm not going to count it out, dude. If he's going to yeah. do it, this is going to be... This could be the year. I mean... Wiggins would have to be playing at, like, an all-defensive team level for, for the Warriors to win all that. Let's have him do it. Let's do it. I can't. I got to get NBA League Pass tomorrow. Yeah, because of the Warriors playing the Kings, right? Something like that. Uh, the Blazers are playing the Kings. Are the Warriors oh no, we're playing the Jazz. Okay, I believe we're playing the Jazz. I don't know. I'm gonna, have to, dude. Hayden, one more thing here. Yeah. What did you think about the Bills game? I I was depressed. I was very sad. Why did I think you were like a Bills fan? Uh, oh, the Bills are my number played. two team. Oh, Bills are my number two. Got it, like, got it. I play I play with the Bills on Madden. Got um love Josh Allen. On oh, a side note, I thought Josh Allen was gonna be the best quarterback of that class. I called it early. I, I think it's shaping out pretty well. I mean, I know like Lamar's there, but still I I was so sad. We we got no pass rush. I mean, without Nick Bosa, we are a trash D line. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. We I know. are awful. I know, dude, and it's crazy seeing Javon Kinlaw next to um, Josh Allen. There's not a there's not a very big size difference there. Josh Allen's a massive human being. Yeah, but yeah, Wesley. Yeah, what's your prediction record wise for the Blazers? Um, I have them as the two seed. I don't know, like okay, so with Channon, you're with Channon on that. Yeah, there you go. yeah, I can see it. They're stacked, bro. But let's oh go. yeah, and this goes to Wesley and Hayden. Like, if if either of you want to text me your like standings and predictions and stuff, just so they can be archived here in the official All Gear No Damn Prediction, <laughs> you're more than welcome to do so. Okay, right. yes, sir. And 
Jan, I mean, um, Hayden, if you ever want to get in on some of these Niner talks with me and Sheridan, bro, you're more than welcome. I'm I'm always down to complain about the Niners. Don't say complain. Celebrate. We're going to take out Washington football team. Oh, I want to say something. I'm a legend. I picked the Giants and Washington football team to win this week. So it is. Oh, and I picked, you know, the super, uh, the super six on Fox. I picked both of them, right? I've, what would the, uh, I picked Washington to win by six and I picked the, the Giants win by like four. So I'm just like a genie, dude. You get Daniel Jones back. Oh my God. Let's go. I talk, I, I find a way to talk about Daniel Jones every single episode, but yes, this was fun guys. I like having a new quartet on here. Yeah, this was, this was a good episode. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on you guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. No yeah, problem. This is fun. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. You guys good. Great. All right. Right on. Thank you guys again so much. Bye-bye. Good night, you guys. See you guys.